0: Hello everybody and welcome back to the Cars Unfiltered podcast. This is episode 8, uh, season 2, and today it's myself, Tom, and Mike. Hey, how's it going? And uh, yeah, so today we got a couple things to cover. We have some news, when we have an opinion piece about Dodge, because Dodge is doing some pretty interesting stuff, and we were just talking about that uh, before the show a little bit. And then we have an Alcan Five update
1: so cool we have many things to talk about in the alcan truck yes
0: which is getting exciting it's true
1: we're, we're even going to do education time with mike today because i learned something on old cars cool awesome
0: so i guess we'll buzz through the news real quick and then get to education time let's do it yeah All right, cool. So first few things, uh, let's see. You have up here something about Dodge fuels a mile-high NHRA Nationals as new title sponsor.
1: Yeah, so what I wanted to make with that, what what the point that I wanted to make with that, I guess, is uh, Dodge is in everything now, right? So the the mile-high NHRA is, uh, Dodge announced that they are one of the major sponsors for uh, this season's Drag race up in Denver, um, which isn't, I mean, it's not a cheap thing to be a major sponsor for a a professional motorsports event, right? Um, but Dodge is going definitely going like the high octane route versus, uh, I mean, I know Ford sponsors Rallycross or Rally, at at least one of the two, um, and some other sports kind of of that ilk, but the NHRA is miles in a way, completely different from some of those things where you'd think more of a, uh, uh, uh yeah, just, yeah, it's, it's just a different track, I guess is all I'm trying to say. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. So, you know, top fuel drag, you know, drag racing and stuff like that's, yeah, it's, it's loud. It's dangerous. It's, you know, it's exciting to watch. Um, but they're also doing like, so there's, there's Denver, But they're also a big part of it looks like several other NHRA races. And also, too, I think like, you know, Dodge has been kind of been on that scene for a long time, like in Mopar. Right. So to me, like this is almost like is NHRA kind of a heritage thing for for Dodge
1: almost. I I mean, maybe. Right. I don't know. I'd have to go back and look at the, the history of sponsorship in the NHRA to really be able to tell you um but most of the american manufacturers anyways at least got out of the racing part back in the 70s right 60s or 70s uh, uh-huh. and then pretty much left it alone right and they may have returned at some point as sponsors and whatnot um but i don't know that any of them have come back as a major sponsor right which this is that's kind of a big deal
0: yeah. So that's, that's pretty, pretty cool. And we'll probably circle back around to Dodge again, real quick here. Well,
1: um, yeah, I, I mean, we'll let's continue talking about Dodge. We don't have to stick to anything, do we? <laughs> oh, no. I, yeah. All right. So, uh, but, so some of the other things that Dodge sponsors, right? I mean, they sponsor Roadkill and the whole Motor Trend channel, right? Yeah. Which that's kind of a big deal. Um, and, and lends his hand towards the, uh, the high octane sponsorship again, right? Because if you don't remember, if you don't, uh, if you recall, Roadkill has been running, um, racing nights, anyways, on Woodward, uh, during the, uh, uh, what's that, the cruise event that happens up here in Detroit, Tom? The big one, Dream Cruise, Dream Cruise. Yeah, thanks. Uh, so they've been hosting, uh, Roadkill nights during the Dream Cruise. So that people could come and race their cars on the street, right, um, uh, mm-hmm. which that's a big sponsorship there as well, right,
0: yeah, and I mean,, you know, if you think back like you know in the sixties and seventies, uh yeah think back like like we were there, um wait, wait but you know you people could go wait we we weren't there, I wasn't there, you might have been
1: there <laughs> <laughs> I, I wasn't there either,
0: no, I know, yeah, um. But, you know, like back then, like, you know, a Hemi, right? Like all the, the, the cars that were available back then, you know, there was a race to be able to do drag racing like on the street, right? Like it was all about, you know, underrating the V8s, you know, from the factory so people could afford insurance and do you know, like all kinds of crazy, like insane things. And I think, after, you know, as the 70s kind of started to kick in and the 80s, everybody kind of like had to back off from that right there's a lot a lot of regulation that came in you know um, safety things and all that stuff kind of went underground and what i think is interesting is that dodge basically appears to have said you know what so what screw it we're gonna do it anyway uh you know the demon was a big thing with that because it's not legal on any drag strips <laughs> you know it's a 840 horsepower
1: <laughs> well, mostly because uh, they factory. didn't want to have to factory weld at a roll gauge
0: yeah, um, but yeah, it's just I don't know. It's it's definitely an interesting time. You can even get. I was just like on uh, blog.mopar.com, and you can get a Hell Crate. Do you know what a Mopar Hell Crate is? I'm,
1: I'm assuming it's an engine and a transmission and an ECU.
0: It, I mean. It's basically, yeah, an engine kit. I don't know about the transmission, but it's a 6.2 liter supercharged crate engine. So, pretty much, it looks like it's around $20,000 or so. Um, and you can just buy this uh, 707 horsepower crate engine and drop it in something. So,
1: yeah. I mean, what are we going to buy? Uh, I don't know. A car? Car? <laughs> smart, smart car? Smart <laughs> car?
0: Um. Yeah, it's. I don't know. They're doing some really, really awesome stuff, and I hope they keep it up. And quite honestly, like I kind of hope that the other manufacturers kind of perk up to it a little bit because, I mean,
1: I don't know. Yeah, like, I, don't, I don't know that we're going to see. I don't know that we're going to see competition like that per se. Um, I think we're much more uh, likely to see continued competition uh, as. You'd say a road racer, right? Um Like the GT350 or um, the ZR1 or things like that, right? Things that are meant to go fast in more than just a straight line. I think Dodge is the only one that's going for the straight line thing right now.
0: Yeah, which I mean, you know, that's the straight line stuff is exhilarating, right? Like there's nothing like, you know... Turning on some line locks, you know, warming up the tires, and then just like dropping it and letting it go. I do
1: like myself a line lock. Yeah, I do. I do enjoy that.
0: Which, to be fair, I guess you can get that in Mustang GTs. So true from the factory, which that's kind of cool. Or,
1: or I mean, Tom, we could install a twenty dollars a twenty dollars switch on your car if you want a line lock.
0: Could I suppose It's, it's
1: not that expensive.
0: The tires are that's yeah. see that's the thing too right <laughs> like, everything now is so much more expensive like tires for a demon are gonna be you know i don't even know what size they like comes with them like let's say they're like over 300s right so like you're talking you know rear tires could be 800 dollars. so i don't know i guess maybe maybe it's all a, a question of scale but it's weird to me if it's like you got to be making serious money in order to afford a dodge you know what
1: I mean? Yeah, in order like, for a Dodge worth affording,
0: right? And so you know, back in the day, I think you and I have talked about this a ton, right? Like, you know, a Boss four twenty nine Mustang was on average probably like a third of someone and somebody's annual income, right? And if the average annual income in the United States is like let's, it's around, it's just under sixty k, I think, um, and it's you know. You can basically get a really high spec out Mustang GT. You could maybe get a uh, a low bottom spec out GT three hundred and fifty for that, but that's still like one to one, right? Yeah, right. Like it's not three to one, and uh, yeah, and everything else is more expensive too. So I don't know. It's interesting. Like it's an interesting kind of like fitment that they have to do to kind of get the pricing and everything in the market. Uh, yeah,
1: I mean it's that's true. So I guess we will uh, we'll see what happens with Dodge, anyways, but. Elsewhere in the news, what else we have? Um, I had something about Honda
0: Speakeasy. Which this is interesting. Something uh, you're gonna talk about, something about Honda?
1: I I mean
0: no. You did suggest this. I, I I'm know. just saying, like, I didn't bring this up.
1: I know, it's true. I, I did <laughs> I did suggest it.
0: I it's true. And I'm just gonna say, like, I mean, people listening can't can't see this, but the picture that I'm looking at. Of this Honda is ugly. <laughs> <laughs> this thing, oh my gosh, it's like a—it's a, it's a fit. It's a Type R. It's a, it's fit. a fit. It's a Type R it, fit. It is
1: a Type R fit, <laughs>
0: <laughs> which makes no sense. I mean,
1: yeah, but have you ever ridden in a fit? I don't. I know you haven't driven no. one, but have you ever ridden in a fit? No. Okay, So, my, so a buddy of mine has a fit with a manual trans, right? Um, and it's broken right now because he blew the clutch. No, he blew the... I take that back. He blew the engine. And uh, we don't know what wrong in the engine, but he blew the engine. And like a year ago, we started swapping this out and it just time and life hit a stall for him. And so it's still... it's the His new engine is still sitting on the floor of his garage with the fit in pieces inside of it. Um,
0: Dude, this is like a like a quarter of a weekend project to pull that four-cylinder out and drop a new I one in. Well,
1: the problem was... A couple of the bolts, uh, he fucked up when he was taking them out. And so I was like, Well, we need to get new bolts so we can put them back in. And uh, because you know, there's aluminum blocks and things like that. And so they had just galled to hell. Like just the uh, bolts were shy, right? It's just, just replace them, right? They're like a four-dollar part. Um, I said, You gotta go, you know, go pick some up, right? And he just never went and picked them up. And I'm like, Oh, Jesus, dude, we could have had this back in man. already. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I thought I was bad, but that's 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 rough. Although to be fair, I don't know if I could get excited to like keep working on a Honda Fit. Easy, that's kind
1: of the thing, right? But point the point I was trying to make before we got there (laughs) is it's actually a peppy little car, right? You're not going that fast. Let's be honest, but it feels fast as fuck because you just don't care, you know. And it's this little tiny. It's like a go kart. You know how a go kart (laughs) feels fast, but but you're not really going that fast. That's how a Honda Fit feels.
0: So that's that's exactly to me. I drove a manual. I think manual has something to do oh, with this because I, I drove not, a manual. I not think
1: that it is at all good if it was an automatic, but with a manual.
0: Wait, you're actually implying that this car is good? No,
1: no, but it's better than it would be if it had an automatic.
0: Oh, true. I drove a Fiesta, right? A manual Fiesta. And it was like the sedan one. It's like the most ugly Fiesta you could possibly buy. And I drove that and we, like merged onto the highway and that was an experience actually like we had, there was three people in the car and it was like, like it could do it, but you, you know, it did. It felt like a go-kart. You're like, Wah! and like, it's a whole, It's it was an event getting on the expressway. You
1: no, know dude, what I mean? It is. I mean, and the first time I ever realized that I was driving, I had a, a loaner car from Ford and it was a Fiesta ST and you know me, I'm not a small guy. Um, and so you know, I'm I'm kind of not quite shoehorned into this car, but it doesn't exactly fit my size either. Um, but after a while, like I drove it from from Detroit to Illinois, right? So there was a six hour drive involved. After a while, you, you get kind of yeah. comfy, right? You you settle in or whatever. But yeah,
0: or you get really uncomfy. But yeah, either it goes one of two ways. Well,
1: I'm, I'm not big enough that I get really uncomfy. Um, so for the most part, I I get comfy, but. <laughs> But, but anyway, so yeah, like you say, driving the thing on the highway, it's just, I mean, it's an experience getting up to speed and things like that, but being an ST version, it had plenty of power, right? It would, for the, for the yeah. size of car. It's just a matter of feeling like you're doing 140 and you're really doing 80 because yeah, the yep. size
0: of the car. Right. And they handle good. Like, to be honest with oh, you, yeah. like, yeah, they really do. They, those, did they handle pretty freaking good and then you know compared to like if you were in you know like a bmw or something right getting on the highway it's like you just you hit the gas and it's just you know smooth quiet acceleration and you just have to look around and judge your uh you know look look both you know look behind you and stuff so you can make sure you got room to merge in and like with the fiesta it was like <laughs> like shifting down and hitting it and you're like i don't care if there's room or not you better make way <laughs> like you know, it's just a whole – maybe it's like that small dog mentality. It,
1: it I don't know. Like, but anyways, the, the point that I wanted to make with this whole bringing up the fit article is uh, that, yeah, you can apparently now buy or will soon be able to buy uh, a Honda Fit Type R uh, with 130 horsepower and 114 pound-feet of torque with a six-speed manual because why would you get the CVT? And you'll be able to get a combined uh, fuel economy rating of 36. Which is pretty solid for a car that starts at 17k. It's okay. almost like I did a plug for Honda. Yeah. We should get them as a sponsor, Tom. Look, that was a that was a pretty good plug right there.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Although the only thing that I would say is that it might be more expensive, but the Fiesta ST has like an extra 60 horsepower. Oh, I'm, I'm not so
1: argue that, but hey, if you.
0: Between the If suit. you're a Honda
1: lover and you, you've you been looking for some performance, which I feel is like an oxymoron, uh, then, hey, here's here's a thing for you. Once not
0: you get a Civic Type R then, though?
1: I wouldn't get any Type R, to be honest with you, just because. Um, but, yeah, I mean, whatever. Maybe you don't have the money for a Civic Type R.
0: Yeah, maybe. Maybe. I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's cool. It's cool that, like, all these brands are adding these, like, you know,
1: I like performance, like a little I like bit. Performance, peppier. all
0: right. I do. The problem is just that it's a fit. That's all. That's the only yeah. thing. I'm not a huge, huge fan. Whatever.
1: Uh, <laughs> our <laughs> yeah. next little bit. Let's go back to Ford because. What else are we going to talk about? <laughs> Dodge. Uh, I mean, we did that already, and Honda. See, look, we're branching out. We're all, we've already branched it's out. It's true. So let's get let's get back to Ford. Um, Ford is apparently, to get into financial news, because I know that our listeners are big on finance too, um, Ford is aiming to set up a German bank this year to offset the risk of Brexit, which if anybody remembers, was the exit of Britain from the European Union, which still has yet to be determined financial impacts. Uh, And as a hedge against that, Ford's moving its financial arm, apparently, from uh, London to... Germany. Hmm. So yeah, there's that. I don't, I don't know exactly how that hedges them. Uh, well, I mean, the, the, um, they're switching currencies. No, they're not switching currencies. Uh, big rumor has it right. That, uh, the rest of the European union, which is currently led by Germany, uh, may provide and is leaning towards, uh, the levying fairly hefty sanctions on import and exports from uh, Britain because they left the European union. Um, and all right. if anything like that happens, it could affect Ford. And so, yeah, so they're moving the banking operations.
0: So that's interesting. That could affect other things like other companies, like other companies are probably doing that as well, which is kind oh, of yeah, for interesting.
1: Sure. It, it's like, from what I've heard, it's some routine 10 and 20% of, uh, investment banks previously headquartered, headquartered in London have, uh, been looking elsewhere if they haven't already moved.
0: Interesting. And so on that note, if you're still listening, um, you know, it would be great if you went and left us a review. Cause anybody that's dedicated enough to listen to us talk about this <laughs> stuff, like we'd definitely like to have you leave a review on iTunes. Uh, yeah. So
1: yeah. Let's get to more, something more fun now that we've talked about that.
0: Yeah, and actually, if you if you leave us a review on iTunes, we'll give you a shout out on the podcast. Hey, maybe.
1: I'll give you a shout out, and I will send you a sticker. Hey, I, actually, there you I go. sent, I sent my first idea. stickers this past week. Yeah, there was uh-huh. uh, somebody commented on a picture on Instagram, uh, which is which is something that uh-huh. our listeners can do if they follow us on Instagram.
0: Scared. So, Cars Unfiltered and Scared Charlie. Yep. And and somebody right.
1: commented on a picture of my uh, Scared Charlie Garage logo stickers. And I was like, hey, if you like them, I'll send you some. And he said, sweet, that'd be awesome. And so he sent me his address, and I sent him some stickers, and he got them. And he's going to send me pictures or tag me in pictures whenever he sticks them to something.
0: Nice. So, yeah. That's awesome.
1: Leave us a review. You get some stickers. Yeah. Cool.
0: So, yeah. Um... Let's see, what was the next thing we talked about? Education time with Mike.
1: Oh, yes. Education time I, with I Mike. Yeah, Which I can't introduce could. myself, so I was waiting for you to introduce me.
0: Oh, yeah. So, well, what I'd like to do is we could have some nice, like, learning music, you know, like kind of like kindergarten sounding music. That's probably or something. about the
1: level that we need. Yeah.
0: And we can be like, and now it's time for education time. That doesn't work. We to yeah, do you
1: probably want to stay away from like the hard rock. Now show. we.
0: Yeah. But we can't say time education time.
1: Let's it's, it's we're going to move into education time. How's that?
0: Good enough. All right. And now, yes, and now our next segment, education time with
1: Mike. So what I learned and what I'm going to teach you guys is the method for removing and reinstalling a rear end pinion gear. On a banjo Ford rear end, uh, which re- covers anything made from roughly like nineteen twenty eight till nineteen fifty six ish. So, if you find yourself in the throes of disassembling and rebuilding a torque tube uh, or a banjo rear end, and you have to get the pinion gear out, which happens if you want to change gear ratios or if your bearings are bad,
0: almost. Almost every other week for me,
1: this happens. Uh, yeah, so. I mean, me too. All all the time, it happens all the time. I'm always doing this, <laughs> but it's my first time with a, a banjo, you know. So uh, usually it's four nine inches, which ha- operate completely different. Uh, but, but anyways, if you want to uh-huh. get that that bearing out, it's not like uh, current ones that's held in with like a bolt and a retainer. It's a pressed in bearing race that you have to remove to remove the pinion. Um, so there's a couple of methods you can do this with. Uh, one of them is with a bottle jack on the inside of the pinion housing or on the inside of the, uh, yeah, the rear end carrier, the pinion housing. Yeah. It's fine. Um,
0: uh, sounds risky. Yeah.
1: That's kind of what I thought. Right. And so then I saw someplace where a guy made a jig that's essentially a bottle jack, but it it's curved. And so it follows the, the curvature of the housing. And I was like, well, that's nice. It distributes the load a little bit better, but still eh, kind of iffy. And then I happened upon a correct tool for this. And they just use the flange bolts and a puller around the frickin' pinion nut anyways, and they pulled the damn thing out. So if you're looking to do this, you can do it that way. And if it's stubborn, you can apply a little heat to it, and it should pop out. And to reinstall, you can use the, ti- the tried-and-true method of heating the, the carrier housing and cooling the bearing and then dropping it in. So, yeah, there you go. That's what you learned.
0: Or you can get a Ford 9-inch rear end and just drop it in there.
1: Well, the problem with a 9-inch, right, is you've got a crush sleeve, and so you need either a really long breaker bar, and trust me, you need a really long breaker bar if you're doing it that way. Or you need an mm. impact socket and an air wrench. So,
0: Or you just get a 9-inch that has the gears that you want and just replace the whole axle with the see, one that has what yeah, you I'd want. Yeah, I'd go
1: that way. Um, unfortunately I can't do that on mine <laughs> because it seems that 378 gear sets are kind of hard to come by. So, and also I need to get the thing powder coated and it, it's nice to have all the gears and everything out oh, for yep. powder coating. True. Yeah. So yeah, there you have it.
0: Huh. Cool. And that concludes education time with Mike. And once again, if you, uh, you know, suffered through, through that, uh, and you're still with us, then, you know, clear it. You know, we would, oh, we would like your people,
1: review of iTunes. People, love, people <laughs> love us, Tom. Come on. That's the most entertaining thing you could ever listen to is the removal and the reassembly of opinion carrier gear.
0: <laughs> I I will I will say that I have never heard that on another podcast before. So we are providing, you know, unique and original content. I will it's say very, that. Very unique, <laughs> if nothing
1: else. Yeah, for sure. Uh, right. Yeah. I did, so while I've, well, I'm on the subject of old Fords, I'm going to give you an Alcan 5000 update. Um, the frames back from the powder coater.
0: It looks good. Oh, it looks so good. Um, it's on, uh, it's on the Instagrams, uh, scared Charlie garage Instagram. So definitely go go check check it out. out.
1: Um, some other various suspension components and whatnot are also back from the powder coater and they're assembled. So I put the wishbone in and I quasi assembled the axle and spindles because, I'm waiting on kingpins. Actually, I'm not waiting on kingpins. I'm waiting on kingpin hardware, which includes uh, bearings and uh, shims. But anyways, I'm waiting on that stuff to show up. And once that stuff shows up, I can put my kingpins in permanently. And in the meantime, I'm just kind of setting stuff on there. But I got the brakes reassembled, and they're on the spindles, and the spindles are sitting on the axles. And I got the front spring spread. I had to make a spreader bar for it, uh, which if you're wondering, you can use some large nuts some one-inch uh, iron pipe, like plumber's pipe, iron pipe, and some one-inch all-thread, and you can make yourself a spreader bar. I learned that the hard way after I made a much more involved spreader bar that was not up to the task. So if you're going to do it, do it that way. I recommend it. <laughs> and, um, oh, and a couple of, like, four large washers because you can put some grease between them, and then it makes turning a whole lot easier. Um so yeah, we got that assembled, and I have some more parts that are going to go to the powder coater. Um, but probably till not after Thursday because I just found some backing plates, which will help me to not have to fix mine. Um, so I'm probably going to go buy those first, and then I'm going to put those on the car. And I can't get those till Thursday. So um, yeah, I'm waiting on parts is kind of what yeah I'm waiting on a lot of parts now.
0: Hmm. Cool. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff coming back, and I am behind on putting a video together. So, um, yeah, I need to just crank that out here pretty soon because we do have a, a short update video. Actually, no, there was a well, there was one that was a little bit older. Those releases last week. So, actually, there's probably two. I think I released I scheduled another one for today. Um, if not, I'll double check after this. And uh, yeah, so there should be two videos, and then hopefully a third one goes up this next week. And then hopefully we go and uh, I might go back, come back out and shoot some more. Oh, because actually we have Autorama coming up.
1: So for those of you who don't know, Autorama is coming up this next weekend, isn't it? This this coming weekend. I believe so, yeah. Um, And yeah, we're going to go there. So keep a lookout for us, I guess. I don't know what date we're going to be there, though. Saturday, probably.
0: Yeah, I think actually Saturday. And we'll be doing like uh, live stuff on Facebook and Instagram and taking pictures and stuff. So,
1: yeah. So, if you find us, we may give you a sticker.
0: Oh, definitely. Oh, definitely give you a sticker. A on, yep. Those those are the rules. True. Sound like good rules to me. Uh, let's see. So, what else do we have? Do we have anything else? That's Any other like updates?
1: That. It's not enough. I feel like I've talked half of this episode.
0: You have I I don't have like a huge amount of updates, unfortunately. Like I've been uh like basically waiting to thaw somewhat. Um there's a lot of events. Uh I've been it's honestly like this next summer, spring, summer, it looks like it's gonna be amazing for events. There's a ton of cars and coffee events. Oh yeah. So Um, so as that happens, by the
1: way, uh keep keep an ear on the podcast because as more events go on, we are gonna have more um more interviews and sit downs with people. So keep a lookout for more guest
0: yeah we some people may find this surprising but it turns out that we know some interesting people that is surprising. um and i know like i never i don't know like i just i just like thought about it one day and i was like oh pretty cool so uh some of them are interested in being on the podcast so
1: we'll see what happens
0: cool all right well if, uh, I think that's pretty much all I got. I Do you have it. anything We're else? i give
1: you guys a little bit of time back today. So, uh, thanks for listening and follow us, subscribe, like, et cetera, et cetera. Leave us a comment. I'll send you some stickers. Um, and that's, yeah. And share, and share yeah, it with your friends. Sure. Don't, don't tell them to listen <laughs> to this you. episode first. Give them a different one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: we had, I don't know. It, yeah. Either way. But cool. All right. Well, thanks for listening and uh, we'll see you next week.